this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. I'm Cheryl, and I invite you to join me on my quest to find out why are people homeschooling? How do you do it? What are the differences in how people homeschool from region to region? And should I homeschool my kids? Stick with me as I unfold the answers to each of these questions week by week. Thank you for joining us. Here with me today is Julie from California. Julie has a strong background in helping families transition from the public school life to the homeschool life, and she also homeschools her children. So Julie, welcome, and thank you for being here with us today. I am going to have you start by telling us the ages of your kids and when you started homeschooling. Thanks, Cheryl. I started homeschooling. The kids are currently almost 14 and 16 and a half, and they've never been to school. They've always homeschooled. We didn't send them to preschool, and we kept them going this whole time. They've you know, expressed interest here and there, and we've always allowed them to explore that, but they've never decided to actually go to school. So what were your decisions to homeschool? Because as we were talking about before the call, um, the laws in California changed in the last few years as they did where I live in New York, but you had already been homeschooling. So I'm a former public school teacher. I have a master's degree in education, uh, in special education and a bachelor's in elementary education. And I loved school so much. I became a teacher. I mean, I was the perfect student. I loved my teachers, loved my friends. I loved my, um, school work. I loved doing the work. And then, um, and then I became a teacher and I saw it from a different perspective. I saw ways in which students were being deserved and um, it, it, and I, I wasn't able to change, you know, enact any change or any, any help, you know, nothing I did as a teacher, as their advocate changed anything for these students for the most part. And, uh, you know, it was just really sad. Um, and I left the profession after only a few short years and, When my kids were born, I did think I was going to send them to school. I thought, you know, my local school is a great school and, um, you know, maybe we'll do something different for middle school because that's crazy. Um, Those are the crazy years when the kids, you know, get real big and things start happening. But um, it was a friend of mine who was homeschooling at the time and her kids were a few years older and she was unschooling and the kids were so bright and um, easy to uh, talk to. They weren't shy around us. And I get that kids are shy whether they homeschool or not, but they were comfortable around us. They could connect with us as adults. It was, it was a, a unique experience for us as childless as a childless couple to have this kind of level of conversation with young children. And it was, it was interesting. And, um, they just seemed really carefree and wonderful. And, but when our kids were born and I brought it up to my husband, he was like, absolutely no. And I was like, it's your friends. These are your friends. They're the ones who told me about it. And they're the ones who have this, and you even think their kids are so awesome. And you even think what they're doing is awesome, but he just couldn't put his head there. He couldn't like envision what life would look like as a homeschooler because it's we all lot. grew up with, yeah, it's, it is, it's really, it's, it could be overwhelming at first when you kind of like realize, well, everything that I thought I was going to do, like help out in the classroom and go on field trips with the kids. And, but guess what? You can do all of that in a homeschool situation, but it just doesn't look the same. But, um, 
but yeah, I, and I can go on to the, we will, we'll talk about socialization later. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, it was, it was friends of mine who put it on my radar. And then, um, during my education at university of Massachusetts, um, in the bachelor's program there, uh, they actually had us read John Holt, believe it or not, um, because uh, John Holt's first two books, uh, How Children Fail and How Children Learn, were both written from his perspective as a teacher in the system. Uh, it was private okay. school, but still like within the education system. And he wanted to he wanted to change things. He wanted he wanted to reform education like so many be before him, John Gatto, so many others who recognized what they were doing in the classroom wasn't working and wanted to change things and then come up against like, this is impossible to change. And then come to the realization that actually this system, this false replication, uh, you know, the, like preparing them for adulthood. I mean, where in adulthood are you, you know, kept away from everybody else in, in a, in a room for the, you know, I guess when you're working, yes, you know, you're in an office, but your, your experiences are very much more limited in school than they are when you're out in the world homeschooling like we are. And, um, it just, it just made, it just made sense. All, you know, it all, it, it just made a lot of sense. Um, and so do you think that, um, there is a design to that, that the education system is actually, uh, making children who are not capable of being self-sufficient and just kind of, we want you to be followers, you know, follow authority, mm -hmm. take direction. Yeah. Do you think mm -hmm. that we're For making sure. that on purpose or did it just happen by default? I mean, well, as being someone I, who went know. to public school myself, I can tell you, I, if, right. if there was no yeah. electricity or heat or food on the shelf, um, <laughs> I am a goner. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> um, by design, it would have been designed, you know, 200 years ago, 200 plus years ago, um, when, you know, the education, education system was first designed. And, uh, you know, it hasn't really changed much. You know, the, the movie Class Dismissed, if you or your listeners haven't heard it or seen it yet, uh, by Jeremy Stewart. Um, he, it, it, he did a fantastic job. It's a it's a documentary, classdismissmovie.com. He, um, okay. he, he, in, in the movie, they, they talk about the history of education and how the system basically has not changed at all, except getting more dumbed down, to be honest. I mean, if you think about, I don't know if you ever read like Little House on the Prairie and you see what, what Laura Ingalls has for lessons in her, you know, primary school years compared to, you know, that's like high school stuff they were doing in, you know, in primary school and just, mm -hmm. it's, 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 you know, John Gatto's Dumbing Us Down. It's a really great book that, that was influential early on as I well. I have that from the um, library. Uh, that is a book I have heard that comes highly recommended. But so to bring it all full circle, yeah. I, I ended up reading John Holt's book in, in college, not realizing that he ended up writing What Do I Do on Monday after his first two books, thinking he could change the system. And then he realizes that home is actually the best place for learning. That's the most, you know, authentic, true, you know, that your teacher actually cares about you. Not that, I mean, hey, I was a teacher. I actually cared about my kids. There's no doubt about it. I'm not saying teachers don't care about their kids, 
but nobody cares about you and your, you know, what happens to you the next year and the next year and the next year as much as your parent does. There's just, there, there's going to be nobody else, um, not even the best teacher on the planet. Even with teachers that do care, their hands are kind of tied with the resources that they have. Yes. I mean, they have, uh, have class sizes that are way too big. They're underpaid. Right. There are kids in their yeah. classes that need services that the school is either not providing or unable I can to provide. To all of those things, yeah. That's what that was my school experience as well as a teacher, which is why I left after a few short years. Like I was like, I can't do this. It, and it's interesting as a person who did so well in school and was so successful with school. Not saying I was straight A student or anything, but I just I mean, school came easy to me. It was an easy fun thing to do. I didn't have any problems with it. To now look back and think about the ways in which school actually did harm me, you know, um, I am very much a people pleaser. I very much um, had to work on questioning everything. And um, it, it wasn't um, built into my MO when I, you know, was in my young adulthood, I, I pretty much followed along everything that everybody else was doing without questioning it at ever. And it wasn't until I was, you know, a little older that I started to think more critically and uh, go deeper and ask why. And, and when people meet my kids in the past and still today, they, you know, they'll say, you know, there's something different about your kids. And people are wondering, oh, no, homeschoolers, they're all different. They change, you know, they're, 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 different in ways you don't want to be different or whatever, you know, they have preconceived notions about, you know, that awkward, unsocialized, but the way that they are different, that people describe him, it to me is that they, and, and they don't know what it is until I name it for them. And I say, their curiosity is intact. And they're like, that's it. Interesting. What do you mean by that? So it's the same way that I had that conversation with my friends, young kids at the time as well. It's like you, you're able to have a conversation because an element of curiosity is in, in there. And it's not like your typical conversation with most kids, which is like, how was your day today? How was school today? How was your teacher? Do you like your teacher? Do you, do you like your friends? Do you like your school? Like when you think about what an adult, especially one that isn't the parent says to a child in a conversation, it's, it's very limited to those kinds of questions and, and right. Yeah. 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 And, but when you're talking with homeschool kids, that's not what you, I mean, it's funny because they start out with those questions like, Oh, do you like your school? What school do you go to? And my kids are like, no, I'm homeschooled. And then, and then they're like stumped. They're like, well, what do you do all day? And then like, they have like all these things that they do and all these interests and they're curious about other people's lives as, as well. And, and, and love hearing from other people. It's just, it, it they are different. Your, your homeschooled kid will be different. It, it, they are different in a, in a really cool way. Yeah. And that actually makes me think back to this weekend. We were at a birthday party for my son and you know, the little boy was only turning five, but his aunt was there with her foreign exchange student and he was from Spain. And he came up to me and started talking just like as if we're the same age, which is wonderful. But I was taken aback like, oh, that's weird that you're not um, frightened to talk to, or too shy to talk to an adult. You know, right. I'm sitting there with my six month old and he's asking questions about her. He's joking with me. He's, you know, um, I was really like, wow, this is a fun conversation. And I wasn't 
because when I think of other kids, like even, you know, family that I know, you know, where you talk to a teenager and it's kind of the one word answers and not nothing against Mm -hmm. them. You know, they love me and I love them. But I think in America, maybe it is just America that we're kind of taught that you can't break that barrier of the age group there. And is that something that we learn in school, do you think? And that they might not be learning in other countries or maybe this is just personality. I mean, they do talk about, you know, like third culture kids, kids who live and experience in in, uh, other cultures of being, I mean, I I think it's, you know, similar to homeschooling in the the breadth of the experience that you get that's different than, uh, you know, being in one place, one town, one school all the time, you know? Right. Um, So there, I think there's a piece of that that kind of gets woven into, and the type of child who seeks out that experience too, right? True. Um, I do think the experience of being in school where you're among your same age peers all day, every day, and the same same age peers all day, every day, where you're not really making a lot of new connections and new introductions and um, beginnings. And it's just, it you, you don't get practice with that. You don't know how to do that when it comes time. You do it once a year, maybe twice when you all go off to summer camp or something. Valid know? point. Now, you're in California. I'm in New York. Uh, We have very similar laws. And um, you have some background with transitioning families from the public school life to the homeschool life. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So I was um, a volunteer board member for Homeschool Association of California, a volunteer for California Homeschool Network. I'm still a current volunteer for California Homeschool Network. I'm on their legal and legislative team. I'm also a county contact where people from around the county, if they call CHN, they can get referred to me to, you know, help them with their questions about homeschooling and stuff. And uh, several years ago, I, you know, was being asked by some of the people that I've helped, your knowledge is valuable, your time is valuable, I'd like to, I'd like to pay you for your, your work. And so, and I had encouragement from some other people. So I started uh, a business called Ten Toad, that's T-E-N-T-O-A-D, as in frogs and toads. And um, under that business model, I, you know, I do help families transition with one-on-one consultations, with group consultations. I've worked with groups of families who have been in the same situation, wanting to start a school or a co-op or something. And I also have put on, um, I used to do homeschool fairs um, in person here in the Bay Area. And then when the pandemic hit, I transitioned that to online homeschool fairs, which were pretty successful. And now we're working on our first hybrid event. It's a conference, a full conference. It's uh, four days, three nights in the San Inez Valley. here in California in March next month. That's amazing. So it's just been growing and growing. Has it directly been impacted by the laws, the SB 277 and SB 276? And if you want to explain what that is to the listeners. Yeah. Okay. Um, So yeah, SB 277 and SB 276 are the names of the bills that became law in California in 2015. SB 277, 2016, it was introduced in 2015. It came law in 2016. And then um, I don't remember the years for SB 276, which is just a couple years later, two or three years later, it came into law. What it was is uh, it removed California's personal belief exemption and religious exemption. There, there is no other, uh, other than a medical exemption for vaccinations in the state of California. Um, 
And Senator Pan, one of the authors of the bill, during the Senate hearings said, you guys can get your exemptions from your medical doctors for any reason. It could be for family medical history. And families all over the state of California got medical exemptions from their doctors based on family medical history, whether it was a family member who had a reaction to a vaccine or there was autoimmune disease in the family and there was concern about messing with the immune system, legitimate medical concerns. And um, they decided there were too many medical exemptions happening. And so SB 276 came around and limited the number of medical exemptions that any doctor, and then of course put it into a system as well, any doctor would um, be writing to only five per school year. Okay, so if there are five kids who, well, I've had a reaction before to say an MMR, you know, the first MMR, so I'm not going to get the second one, or the parent is saying that about their child, and you had five of them, the sixth one that came along would not be able to get the medical exemption in that practice, or with that doctor? Correct. Correct. And that's pretty bogus. That's to, uh, right, I mean, right. the way I look at it as, um, you know, if everybody in the world ate a peanut, some people are going to have bad reactions. So there needs right. to be some sort yeah. of um, protection from, from the thing that we are, have a worse reaction to, you know, and that is mm-hmm. my belief that the right of the parent or ourselves to say what weighs more, you know, than another. So um, I'm sure you mm-hmm. saw a exactly. an influx like we did in New York. We had... Uh, The same laws, different names get passed here by Governor Cuomo in 2019. So there was kind of this mass exodus from the public and private Mm -hmm. school system. It's and I'm sure it's the same way in California. You can't just leave public school and go pay for a private school if you don't want to get every single shot that that they are making you get in that state. The thing that I want people to understand that is um, especially that are in states that don't have these laws yet there's five states mm-hmm. that do and more and more states are signing on to this so that might not be a big deal and it never was to me either but then when we have uh, everything that we saw for covid and now the covid shot is on the cdc schedule it's important for parents to understand that the state can say you cannot go to any school in our state If your state mandates the COVID shot, because it is on the CDC schedule. And even if you don't care about that, imagine another president that you don't like in office and and something else is declared, whether it's a pandemic or anything else that's declared. Now you have someone you you know, you might be for this president or that president, but there could be someone down the line that you hate. And they're making decisions right. for your child's um, health. Who's to say what we should and shouldn't trust? But the parent, the parent is the one to say who right. we should and shouldn't trust, right? So we have right. to understand that the government right. is taking these um, rights away from us as parents. So you might be fine with everything that's happened, but think about the future because this is the way it's rolling. And it's not, it, it was just California right. and then it was just California and New York. And now we've got five states. So, um, you know, right. the ball is going to keep rolling if we don't kind of make people aware of what's going on. Yeah. I, I wanted to make it clear that, yes, it, it, it affects both public and private school students here in the state of California and in your state as well as what I'm hearing, right? Like, so yep. um, a lot of times people falsely think that the state is 
you know, totally hands off with the private schools and they have no jurisdiction over that and they can only make laws to change what happens in the public schools, but apparently not. Um, as you said, private school is not even an option. Um, and they also make it really hard to create alternatives. Like basically the only alternative that's really legal right now is a co-op. Um, a true co-op is still, um, like as far as group learning situations, uh, a true co-op is, is still allowed. Have you seen the government come into the homeschooling laws over the years as well? Like the homeschooling laws becoming stricter? No, no. And we're really um, fortunate and grateful to have organization like HSLDA um, there to uh, to protect our rights, um, because having worked with HSLDA through the 2015-2016 SB 277 fiasco, um, I, I got to see up front and personal how powerful they really are as an organization. I, I am confident that there will be no impact on our legal right to homeschool independently. Now, I'm not saying the charter school option might get worse and harder and different or, you know, that's, you know, that's that's one option, legal option for homeschooling in the state of California is through your charter school. And that is a public school. And so that's the only way that some families can homeschool is because they have the support of the school. And sometimes that means educational funds that make it possible for their kids to take classes or do certain activities and things like that or pay for curriculum and lessons and stuff. But your right to legally homeschool independently is absolutely assured by HSLDA um, and the other homeschool organizations here in the state of California. HSLDA. What does that stand for? That's Homeschool Legal Defense okay. Association. And do we all have that, or is that just California? That's a nationwide organization, um, and they do, um, they're going to be at the conference. They do all kinds of um, lobbying, and they're, they have a presence in every capital, every, all over this nation. They're there. They're paying attention. They're the ones who, they look at every single bill that goes through and they read it and they analyze it and they make sure that if there's anything that affects homeschooling, that they're on top of it and they get their people talking about it. And if need be the, the strength of their community, which, you know, the Christian homeschoolers, they did this first. They did it. They have a strong faith and a strong community when their rights to homeschool, to educate their children in the way that they want are threatened, they come to action really quick and strong. Oh, that's good to know. I know there was a state looking to pass the removal of the religious exemption over, I believe over here on the East Coast, and they were not successful. I get all of my updated information on these laws and bills um, from the High Wire uh, that you can watch on thehighwire.com with Del Bigtree on Thursdays. That's been so informative for me over the last three years because uh, <laughs> I can't find this information on the news. <laughs> they don't they don't seem to want to talk about the bills being passed in the Senate or the assembly. It's, you know, all like look this way while we sign this over here. Uh so the high wire's been a very eye-opening experience for me to see what's actually going on in Congress. Yeah. I get a lot of clients with kids entering and they had no idea this law ever passed. They had no idea that this was going to be a problem for them entering school. Like and they, 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 it was not on anyone's radar. And, um, and, and like you said earlier, like for some people, COVID might be the shot that makes them, you know, their hill to die on basically like that. They'll be like, okay, now, now that's too much. I'm out. Right. 
Um, but HPV is coming here in California. There's a new bill. I can't remember which one. Um, I believe it's an AB assembly bill. They're looking to put HPV on the required shots for school in seventh grade. Um, which for yeah. some parents, you know, they're fine doing all the other shots, but they're like, why do I need a sexually transmitted disease vaccination for my, my seventh grader? What? Right. That, 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 that's their hill to die on. Yeah. There are, you know, over a hundred strains and this only covers, I think 13 or something like that. Right. Yeah. They, there's right. a, there is a weighing option of risk benefit yeah. analysis and they're taking that away from the parents, yeah. which is something all yeah. parents need to be aware of. And, and, and like it's been widely acknowledged that, you know, COVID vaccine skepticism has kind of boiled over into all vaccine skepticism. Um, sure. This HPV, I think trying them trying to pass the law, and if they do, which I think they will because they just railroaded through with everything else, um, this HPV getting it added, it's going to open up more people's eyes. It's just going to create more quote unquote, anti-vaxxers, people who start to question, because um, if you just question it, you are an anti-vaxxer. Um, uh, if you are against mandates, um, you are an anti-vaxxer. Right, because By there definition. are a lot of people yeah. that they're okay with, with getting, you know, X, Y, and Z, but they right. don't want to get L. And I, I don't think people are even aware of that, that it's you, if you don't get all of them at every all time they tell you that you have to, then you are not allowed in right. the school, you know. It's, um, you yep. know, and when, and I uh, will will veer back onto the homeschool side in a moment. But um, when I was growing up, and I'm 39, you know, it was like 18 shots from the time you were born till when you graduated, and right. now we're I think up to 72. In, you know, when you Something think like of how many are in one shot, how many vaccines are in one shot, and then how many times they're telling the doctors that they have to give that to a child in their lifetime um, or, you know, just up right. until age 18. It is right. pretty, um, it's a rabbit hole when you start looking into it and then get yeah. into why each one was created and, um, right. you know, the testing involved on each of them. So, but <laughs> getting back to the homeschool you side. So, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say you you asked about um, if, if my business saw a, a jump, and it did. It absolutely did. Um, and I actually event, eventually did an event for Children's Health Defense, a fundraiser event mm -hmm. where 100% of my profits went to CHD, um, California chapter. Uh, I do a lot of volunteer work for them as well. And um, it's one thing to decide to homeschool because you want to do it. And it's another mm -hmm. thing to be coerced and forced into it when you never thought it was going to be something that you were going to do. And there's right. a level of trauma, a level of um, like you need to process that the level of grief, you know, and I even went through a level of grief when I came to the realization I wasn't going to be sending my kids to school. Can I, I can't imagine how it would feel if it was forced upon me, you know, that right. that level of grief is just, it, 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 I mean, and, um, and helplessness, there's just all kinds of feelings that you really need to work through um, to, to kind of take back that power. I've worked with some families who, who just can't get past the anger stage. They're just so angry. And, and on our time together, I feel, I feel like it's, it's not to the best of their use because they spend so much of their time venting to me because they, they need somebody to talk to about this injustice, right? Like it's so yeah. intense. Um, 
I try to help them through that process as well to, and acknowledge it, you know, like just, you know, having somebody else acknowledge that this is something that you are dealing with on top of everything else is, I, you know, parents have been very grateful and they've cried. And what are some of the ways that you do help these families? So, you know, anybody can go online and find out all the information that I give them. It's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all there. But they like having somebody that they can talk to, ask, you know, pointed questions, get good answers, get direction of where to go. Um, so I spend about an hour just talking to them, you know, finding out more about their family, their kid, the way he learns or she learns or whatever. And they, you know, their reasons for homeschooling, um, if there's any learning issues in there somewhere, you know, trying to guide them to all the resources that are going to benefit them the most, try to help them figure out which Legal option is the best for them because in addition to the charter school and the independent that I mentioned, which is filing your own private school affidavit, another independent form of homeschooling is using the PSP option, which is a private school satellite program. So just trying to kind of work with them to figure out which is going to be the best way for them to get started. Um, a lot of times families like having, you know, extra support of the charter school or the PSP and don't want to be fully independent just yet. Um, so, you know, we, we, we work that out, um, what's best for their needs. And then when I follow up, I, I, I write up a whole big email with all links to all the things we talked about. And it's just all there in one place for them to go when they're welcome to, you know, contact me again and say, oh, I, we're encountering this issue. Can you help me out? How, how, how do we work around whatever, uh, a little help here or there too. Um, and then through the, um, the events where we have, uh, guest speakers, we have, uh, keynote speakers, uh, people who have helped hundreds, thousands of homeschoolers all over the world, inspirations, um, how to, why all the, all the, all the great speakers have, um, really great content that they, you know, they share from so many years of experience. And so I love bringing them in. And so at the, at the, and then at the conference, there's a, there's a vendor hall. And actually on my online events also had vendor halls. So it would get homeschoolers in direct contact with people who are serving the homeschool community, who acknowledge that there's a homeschool community and want to serve, whether through tutoring services or resources, materials, games, online, uh, resources, classes, all kinds of things. So you will be serving people from other states or strictly California where you are? So all my other um, online conferences have been somewhat focused in California, but of course, anybody anywhere, because you're online, can find, can come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the same thing with this next uh, hybrid conference is that we do have content specific to the state of California, like the legal stuff, but most of it is applicable to anybody anywhere. So if you want to travel and come to an awesome area of California, the Central Valley, and check it out, we're there at the Santa Ynez Valley Marriott next month. But if you can't travel, um, we will be streaming it um, live. You get to have the speakers, but of course, there's a lot to experience outside the speakers. There's a lot of family-oriented uh, stuff. There's a family fun area. There's a fiber lounge and library and lounge. There's a, so it's fiber arts. So you do like knitting and crocheting and wool felting. And um, there's a giant pool and a hot tub and the kids just have a great time. It's a family conference and the kids just have a great time and families are, we call it the homeschool connection conference because families are connecting and reconnecting after uh, COVID. You know, this is our first and 
and hopefully, you know, recurring event after COVID, um, bringing, you know, we want to bring the community back together, right? You know, we want people to get back to in-person connections. We've all really benefited and enjoyed our um, online, you know, having easy access to a lot more content than we ever had before online conferences that have happened and webinars and all kinds of uh, things that we've been able to kind of consume sitting in our homes and, and, and getting informed and smarter and, and inspired. But there's really nothing like being there in person. So if you guys right. have a conference in, in, in New York, I really recommend getting out there. It, there's, there's nothing like being surrounded by a whole bunch of people who are just on the same page as you are, who value the yeah. same um, things that you do, and who are able to kind of just, like I said, come together and, and make connections. It's, I mean, it, it's like literally the reason why we, we're on this earth yes. to, to, to be in community, right? That's like such an essential part of our being. And so that's, that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. So thank you for asking. Is there anything else that you envisioned yourself talking about on the podcast? Because I don't want to let you go with your wealth of information and have you say, oh, I meant to say that. <laughs> no, I think I was able to bring back up all the things that were running around my mind as we were talking because it was going full speed ahead there for a while. I'm going to put links to um, your conference in the show notes. Uh, but just remind us again, like where can people find you if they have questions? So my website is tentoad.com. That's T-E-N, the number 10, T-O-A-D as in frog and toad. So T-E-N-T-O-A-D.com. There's information about the conference on there and my consulting. And um, you can see the past events that we've done. And I have some free resources on there for you, like things I recommend, just, you know, where I would start. There was a whole bunch of things that I would always recommend to everybody all the time. I'm like, let me just put it out there. So, <laughs> you know, and so books to read, podcasts, I should I should add this one. Yes, that would be great. I would definitely. Yeah. Um, it's been a great almost 40 minutes hanging out with you. And thank you for oh, inviting me. Too. And um yeah, Thank you. it's been great. Thank I'd love you to have so you much. back on. Um, you know, we're just kind of up and going now, but down the line too, as we get more and more listeners, this is going to be valuable information for people and hopefully grow your conferences as well. I, you know, I'm excited to check them out. I don't know that I can fly out to California, Thanks. although I'd love to. <laughs> I might have to do virtual <laughs> for now. And yeah. we'll put all of this information in the show notes so that everyone could check it out. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. If you'd like links for anything that we talked about today, check out our show notes. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with friends, like and subscribe to this podcast, and if you're really feeling helpful, leave me a review. We'll see you next week. Bye.